Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word of God today? Say, Holy Spirit, I am ready. Say, I'm a doer of the word. I won't just hear. I'm going to do what I hear. Say, my profiting appears to all. Yes, say, I'm ready for big steps. I'm ready to obey the Lord. I refuse to be mediocre. I'm ready. Hey, you see, Paul says, said, I was obedient to that heavenly vision. I was obedient. I was obedient. I'm saying this prophetically for someone here. Paul said, I was obedient to that heavenly vision. What a powerful thing to say. That God spoke to me and I did it. God guided me and I took steps in the direction of my supernatural conviction, of my understanding of his will for my life. I was obedient. The reason I'm reiterating this is because there are people God has spoken to, you must take steps now, 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 now. Hallelujah. And one thing out of many things that this service will do, the key thing is going to be a baptism of boldness. Hallelujah. A baptism of boldness. If you're a member of this church, that's one thing that must be replicated in your life. You, you see this, your pastor? Very bold. <laughs> Very bold. You know, I say it jokingly, seriously. God only tells me things he's sure he wants to do. <laughs> because if God tells me I, I jump in that's the way I know how to do it <laughs> hallelujah I jump it no, I jump in no excuses no ifs no buts no maybes God said it that settles it I would rather fail gallantly doing what God asked me to do than to be safe and secure in my own plan I would rather embrace failure, fail woefully, than succeed doing small things, than being secure in my own plan. I'm taking my time with this because this, this is also an impartation. Hallelujah. This is, this is triggering something in someone's supernatural consciousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for making us a company of doers by your word and by your prophetic instructions. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Tell out, amen. amen. Glory to God. How was your week? Always a pleasure to see you guys. Please be seated. Now, I have something very important to share with us this morning. Something very important. Your destiny depends on it. What I'm about to share on um, will influence how far you go with God. How far you go in life. Someone who knows what I'm sharing will go further in life that's, than someone who has seen multitudes of dreams and visions about his future. Without what I'm sharing, prophecy has no advantage. 
I want to talk about confidence in purpose. Confidence in purpose. Confidence in purpose. We read a text last week, Romans chapter 8 from verse 37 to 39. I want us to open it and read it together. I know it's a text you know. But just for emphasis and reiteration, I want us to read it together. Romans chapter 8 from verse 37 to 39. Are you there? One, two, read. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded. You don't sound persuaded. Are you reading at all? Say, for I'm persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ. Hallelujah. Listen. So, the simple interpretation of this is that purpose gives you a sense of confidence and fortitude for the future. What informs his confidence about the future? It's not the money in his bank account. It's not his background. It's not any intellectual or logical thing that you can observe. He's talking about the love of Christ and how the love of Christ influences and compels him. Just because he knows that Jesus loves him, he says, nothing in my future can separate me from the love of Christ. You know, there are some people who have a mentality so fickle that they lose something and they want to give up. Some people lose a business opportunity and want to give up. Some people lose a relationship and want to give up. Some people lose a platonic friendship, platonic, and want to give up. But then, when you look at the bragging of someone, he scans his future, he scans possible outcomes, possible challenges, and this is his verdict. Nothing shall be able, meaning you will never find me second-guessing my Christian conviction, second-guessing why I come to church, why I read the word of God, why I pray. There will never be a life challenge so tough that will make me renege on my commitment to God and his word. It says nothing shall be able. And I want to talk about it from a mental fortitude standpoint. In this age where people have Minds guarded by eggshells. I'm saying it respectfully. Any small thing, mental health. You know, I'm, and I'm saying that respectfully. Anyway, the truth is, when they're living in a country like this, <laughs> you know, almost anything can be a trigger. But at the end of the day, for your own good, it's important to place guards on your mind as much as possible. Say loud, amen. What if you got to a point in life where you could brag like this? And you say, nothing shall be able. Purpose fuels you 
and aids you to be confident and confidence changes your life so the title of my charge is confidence in purpose confidence in purpose you see the one who just wakes up thinking there is no real meaning to life we are all products of cosmic accidents there was an explosion that no one caused and so chemicals began to act upon one another and so evolution slowly began to happen humans were once apes but now we are humans you know such a person logically shouldn't wake up with more zest with more enthusiasm than you if you believe that there is a god who knows you who is so committed to the details of your life that every strand of your hair is numbered like i said jokingly seriously if you get a hair shave god can pick up one strand and say this is hair number two million five hundred he's that committed because the bible didn't say he knows the number of our of the strands of our hair he says all the strands of our hair are numbered that's a different level of obsession it's a different level of obsession and he's that committed listen that should give you a different level of enthusiasm like the songwriter said because he lives lives i can face tomorrow now that's a reason to be alive jesus is alive oh my god you missed that i said the fact that jesus is alive is a reason to be alive so confidence stems from purpose and it is something that you must learn you have to understand how your worldview is influenced by your perception of yourself and your perception of your god and your perception of purpose it influences you you see i read in a book a very powerful true life um, phenomenon amongst lobsters and it changed my life i thought it was remarkable how lobsters live now the first thing is unlike many um animals lobsters don't have exoskeleton all right and then their brains are very conspicuous just right in front of their skull very conspicuous and open another thing that was discovered is that the size of a lobster's brain was directly proportionate to the victories that the lobster had experienced in life oh my god did you hear what i just said in such a way that even if these primordial beings don't really have much going for them all that matters to them is food shelter no clothing food shelter and babes <laughs> you know how it works in the animal kingdom the strongest get the best babes and I, I, so I, you know so they have limited shelter options and those were the things that um, put them in a better position to get some you know, 
It might be scary that some of you can relate. <laughs> you know. But this is what happens. They have to compete for the best shelter options. So two lobsters will fight. The bigger one will always have the advantage. And the bigger one always has the biggest brain. When one lobster who has been winning eventually loses, you know what happens? The brain it has dies. And another brain that is smaller and inferior and consistent with defeat will start forming. Oh my God. Are you listening to me? So the, physiolo the physiology of the lobster influences even the challenges it can face. Even the opponents it, it will be willing to fight. The challenges it will be willing to take on influenced by the brain and chemicals from the brain. Because at the end of the day, even with lobsters, you don't take on challenges that are bigger than you. And even if we're talking about, you know, very primordial beings, what we are talking about describes the lifestyle of many, many people, in fact, believers. Subconsciously, your mentality is fueling your decisions. The type of challenges you are willing to take. The quality of decisions you are willing to make. Influenced by your mentality. And so it has been psychologically proven. One of the most powerful things you can do to change your life. If you ask me, what is one thing that someone can change in his life? And his life will change in an observable manner. What is that one thing? I would say just practice confidence. Beginning from the small things. Let your handshake be at least a little firmer. Shake like you know what you are doing. Shake like you know who you are. Hallelujah. Don't always avoid eye contact. Those little things might be the difference between success and failure in your life. I'm telling you. And the good thing is, many of these things are subconscious. If you change your perspective of yourself and of who you are in God, subconsciously, even the way you walk will change. The way you talk is, will change. It's a subconscious engineering, but something you can take a hold of by understanding and wire it on purpose. Listen, it doesn't really matter the destiny on your life. If you don't know what I'm saying, there will be a self-sabotage. You will end up less than God destined for you to be. And that's no prophecy of doom. It's just a fact. Confidence. It takes confidence to do anything worthwhile in this life. It takes confidence to re-engineer yourself. For you to look at the trajectory of your life and to say, the way I'm going, if I don't change, I won't amount to much. It takes confidence to say it's convenient to just 
go with the flow and do what I've always done. But it takes confidence to change the trajectory of your life. Do you know how comfortable it is to just wake up and do the same thing? But for you to say, listen, the career path that I have chosen needs a degree. And even if I have this degree, I came out with a third class. I cannot come out with a third class and I say I want to be a lecturer. It's not going to work. Do you know some people, because of the fear of what people will say, to go back to school, they are ashamed. Let me tell you something. There are some very terri terrible limiting cultures that we have. For some reason, someone will fail a course and be ashamed to go and sit down and take the course again. So there, there, are, there are some behavioral patterns we have that make sure that we repeat failure consistently. Because sometimes we care too much what people will say to make progress in life. So if you are a slow learner, so what? You didn't get, the, get it the first time. Sit down. You say, ah, so I will sit with my genius. That's where you're missing it. Who is your genius in life? Because you got into school one year before someone, you think the person is your junior. Sit. Learn the course. I, oh, I failed before. <laughs> you know, something happened. I don't know. God forgive my school. The school I attended is a good school, but it, it just seemed like my department in particular, they were experimenting some things. So, the semester had already begun when they realized, let's add this course to what they are studying. But I was a student leader, so I was staying in a different hostel from the rest of my friends. <laughs> and so, when they made the decision, I was like, okay, I'll go for classes. But because we had already missed so many classes, they fixed extra, extra classes so that we can make up but I didn't know. Lo and behold, you know me, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to read the course. I know we're not ready to write the exams with all these other people from other departments who have been doing this course. I'm just going to read up, do extra lessons, and I'll be fine. Lo and behold, I went to the exam hall, and the wicked invigilator brought out a list of people who had not met the attendance requirements say you're not allowed to write the exam. They chose to tell us when the script was ready in our front. It's even better as we're entering, don't allow us to enter. The script is in your front, you have spoken in tongues. Oh, then you have scanned the script, you're like, nah, this one, you know. <laughs> I can get a hang of it, you know. And then they now call you, bring your script. I remember walking to the hostel feeling, ah. I even prefer to fail. Hallelujah. I had to do the course again. So we had this summer camp meeting. Not camp meeting, everything at church now. <laughs> it's okay, calm down. We had this, you know, summer classes. 
People are very bad at gossiping. Are you aware? Listen, just my presence in that place. I'm walking and people are whispering. Did this man of God fail? And I almost told them, I can't hear you. So they're they talking. They say, no, no, leaders are around to help. And the person says, no, we saw him registering. He's doing the cost. <laughs> On the road like this. And then I could get close and say, hi, sir. Like, hey. It was that I, I felt shiverish under hot sun. <laughs> it was as if they poured me cold water. Which guy will allow me this? But I'm just wired different. The shame pushed me. I went to the hostel, opened the entire curriculum like this, and I started reading from cover to cover. I read to the extent that in the class, the lecturer was making mistakes. Nobody knew I knew. So I was like, so is this how they deceive us normally? I, I studied, it was as if me and the lecturer were, were colleagues. I scored everything in the exam, Every, everything, everything. I didn't miss one. It was shame. <laughs> it was shame. And then I, I became, I started teaching tutorials of that course for the people coming after because, the, see, shame, eh? <laughs> Is the opposite of glory. The way you can feel glory, you can feel shame. Have you felt shame like a cloth before? It's a garment. Oh. You, you, you feel it. Sometimes it, it does different manifestations. Sometimes it's like breeze. Ha! Oh, God. But it matters how you use it. Some people are fueled by it. Others are ended by it. So it, it just, it just, it, it just, and these things are very hard to be taught. Because some people, they just respond to the same incidents differently. You know, someone said something very brilliant. You see two different people, same background. One is a success. The other one is a failure. If you ask the first person, why did you end up a non-entity in life? He will say, I grew up. I had no help. My parents were divorced, so nobody really cared about me. That's why I became wayward. I even began to steal. You ask the other person, why did you become a success? You say, well, I was independent from a young age because my parents were divorced. I had no help, you know, so I picked up responsibility. I became strong, you know, when you know that there is no one to give you handouts and to give you money, you pick up response. The same scenario, different outcomes. So what really differentiates people in life is mentality. Come on, are you with me? Mentality. This is the first time I'm sharing this vision. There were some steps God wanted me to take in ministry and they were audacious steps. And so I had a night vision. In the night vision, 
I was like a PA to a very successful man. But, but in the vision, I knew later it was Jesus. And I came into his office. And he was very busy with work. Then he stopped and looked at me. He said, if you say you can, you can. And if you say you can't, you can't. And I woke up. Hey. What you just said, if you know how supernatural visions work, that thing you might just see it as a motivational, uh, nice, but it, it was as if they, ah, it was like injection. Ah. I woke up and said, I can't, no. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I want you to do something prophetic. Everybody, just say, I can. I can. Say it again, say, I can. I can. Uh -huh. <laughs> just imagine. God said, if, if you say you can't, you can't. Ah, the challenges are too much. You are right. <laughs> if you say you can, you are also right. Which do you choose? If you say the country is hard, you are right. If you say that's why you can't make it, uh -uh, can't you see the country? You are right. But if you say, no matter what, against all odds, against the trials, the tribulations, the difficulties, you are going to be the outlier. You are going to be the exception. You are also right. Hallelujah. Confidence is a miracle. I'm saying it's a miracle because it's, it's hard to imbibe. It's hard to imbibe. One of the hardest things that God can achieve in a man is to build in him the right mentality. I'm telling you. It's the hardest thing. When you look at all that God has done, creating the world, the trees, the firmaments, you know, all, everything. The hardest thing is to get a man to have the right mentality. I'm telling you. That's all, that's all that life is about. The right mentality. Because history bears witness that God loves us enough to live equality with God. I'm talking about Jesus now. Take on the form of a servant. Walk the dusty roads of Jerusalem. Live like every one of us. The message translation said, God became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Can you imagine that? That once upon a time, we knew Jesus' physical address. That once upon a time, people had Jesus as their neighbors. And you could knock on his door and say, sorry, please, do you have basin? I want to borrow basin. Physical neighbors. G Jesus went the length for us. The Bible says he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He went through a lot. He was beaten. He was spat on. He was scourged. 
took nails through his wrists, a spear through his side, was hoisted on the cross for hours, just for you. On the third day, rose again. And then think about this. All of that can be a waste in your life if you choose. Did you hear what I said? All of that can be a waste. Some people just, you know, sometimes evangelism is hard because you are preaching to people. They are, it's as if they think they are making your life difficult. I don't believe. I don't believe. I said, now nah, you are the help. You know, they just, yeah, asking questions. I don't know. It's so hard. Has it ever occurred to you that God wants to save the whole world, but everyone has a choice? The Bible categorically tells us that God is not willing that anyone should perish. But that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. But guess what? The Bible says he came to his own. And his own received him not. So it's still a choice. That there is something God wants to do in your life. That he cannot do against your will. You know, salvation is the greatest demonstration of the power of the will of a man. That the infrastructure for salvation is available and is easy. All you have to do is believe. And nothing extra. And so people say, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's incredible. Some of their hearts are so hardened. So hardened. So hardened. And God loves them. Wants the best for them. Wants to save them. But they won't listen. Maybe there is such a person in this service. God has been pursuing you. Just imagine the God of the universe luring you. Wooing you like babe. Begging you. Giving you multiple confirmations. Um, appearing to you in dreams. You still, you know, I place before you life and death, blessings and curses. And you're just like, it makes no sense. Why should that even be a discussion? Oh man, but I call it the privilege of foolishness. Everyone has the privilege to wreck their own destiny. It's, it's, it's a personal privilege that if you just choose that this is my life, I will use less it. There is nothing anybody can do. Your parents can pursue you only for so long. But there is, there is, in fact, even theologically, there is something called an age of accountability. Everyone will carry his own cross, make his own decisions. A human is a human. Whether or not, there is no exam for choices that you must pass before you are allowed to make your own choices. No such exam. Just because you're an adult. Have you seen people who have children 
and the way they treat them, you're like, shouldn't there be a government resolution or regulation? This might be sensitive for you, but, but when you see people act as if their children are the source of their problems in life, a child is being a child, you are wiping him every time. Have you been tempted to collect a child from a parent before? Years ago, I saw a woman, she was backing a baby. And she sat, there were three people on a bike, and she was the last person. So, and then the bike was going, they were, climb, they were climbing a muddy place, and then um, they climbed one, uh, um, a hill or some, something, uh, a slopey place, and then the bike was going like this. You know, the bike guy was trying to. So the bike was, you know, angulated. You know, thank God man is not God. Thank God me, I'm not God. Because I'm just like, this is rubbish now. Children that people are praying for, I just collect and give who they serious now. <laughs> if I was God, you will wake up one morning, your children are gone. There will be different rapture for children, but it's not heaven. They are, they are in serious people's houses. <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> imagine praying to God, you know, like that. Imagine maybe I ask you, you're saying, God, I can't find my children. You say, you can't? <laughs> One thing is sure, if I was God, I would have a sense of humor. You, you can't? Where did you keep them? <laughs> For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes, that's, you don't need to collect 12 strokes of cane to, to be saved. You don't need inoculations, injection for one year, because some of you, if it was injection, you say, where's the way to hell? Just show me. If some of you met him, you say, just point me, which way? So all you have to do is believe. And people are perishing. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But it's just the power of human choice. Never underestimate your ability to wreck your life with your decisions. Don't underestimate it. You must always remember every day the choices I'm making will make or mar me. Remember, there are consequences. Consequences. You know, I said it jokingly, seriously. In this day and age, just because you met someone in class, you attend the same school, you take the same course. You just say, I like you, talk your own, you know. After a few days, you just stretch your hand, let him put ring for you. <laughs> Once you enter the wrong home like this, 
That's it. You, see, even if you come out, your life will never be the same again. Please, are you listening to me? Mm-hmm. Business decisions. Now, you are flexing. Just buying clothes every two hours. Buying every... Have you seen someone being foolish with his spending? Everybody is begging the person. The person does not want to hear. It's like some people, they, they only, the only school they want to attend is hardship. 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 Some people, they didn't learn how to manage money by reading a book. Now, it's brokenness. <laughs> you don't wise up. If you were eating chicken, then you drink Gary for five months. The next time money enters your heart, you will just be responsible. You just... You, you will be surprised. You will see some things that were irresistible before. You say, no. I have priorities. You, priorities. Wow. <laughs> and, and life doesn't have to be that difficult. Though. You just choose, oh my God. One classic example of this is God's decision to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. You see, many times when you're reading the Bible, you actually fail to read it in proper context because you have the, the big picture. You can just read from Adam and then you go to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, how, you know, Joseph went to, into, you know, so, so you, you, you fail to see that there is a context. You fail to see that the people that God wanted to deliver from slavery had never known freedom. Come on, are you with me? They had been slaves for about 400 years. So when the Bible says, there arose a Pharaoh that knew not Joseph, it also tells you that it wasn't only the Pharaoh that knew not Joseph. The, even the Jews, they didn't know Joseph. They didn't know any other life. And God, in his normal divine fashion, he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He's telling you, I don't want you to be a slave. But he has to persuade them. Just imagine all the demonstrations, silly demonstrations. People that God wants to help. Moses is dropping rod. He turns to a serpent. He picks it up. All the... Just to persuade some people that they can have a better life. Are you listening to me? To persuade them that, that, listen, you don't need to die a slave. All the things that God did, the plagues of Egypt, how can you see that much miracles then when you stand before the Red Sea. It doesn't even occur to you to at least pray and see what will happen. After all the miracles you've seen, do you know what it means for a river to turn to blood? I'm not talking about a couple. I'm not talking about a, a cup of water. A river. And you witness that. That everywhere in Egypt was dark. But where you stay in Goshen, there was light. You witness that. That one morning, every family in Egypt woke up and someone was dead. 
but your own part of, I mean, well, the Jews were saved. You witness that and you can't pray. You can't, when you talk about the power of decisions, read about the Jews. You see that it's possible with your free will to frustrate God. <laughs> God told Moses, say, I'm tired, let's start again, let's start again. <laughs> God kept saying, don't worry. I will keep showing them these miracles to see if they will trust me. To see if it kept getting worse. How do you know what it means to witness the dividing of a sea? And you walk through. Let me tell you something. The miracles that the Jews experienced were not just one of When you think about the Red Sea, you have to understand that even if a Red Sea divides, for you to walk to the other side would have taken days. So you are literally witnessing a miracle for days. You see the ocean congealed to the left and to the right, and you don't fear God. So when you get to the other side and you are thirsty, then you now pick up stones to kill Moses. That uh, Did we not tell you not to bring us here? You would have left us in Egypt. At least in Egypt, we had locusts to eat. Mentality. Mentality. God said, I want to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. We are okay here. Please, please, please don't disturb us. Please don't disturb us. Did we tell you that we want milk and honey? This is how some people think. Alas, it was an easier miracle for God to part the Red Sea, for God to cause a plague of frogs, for God to make the, the sun not to rise over Egypt. All the things that God did to bring them out of Egypt was easier than for God to change their mind. Did you hear what I just said? For God to deliver slaves from a world power without them picking up arms was easier than for him to change their mind. That's how powerful the mind is. That's how powerful the mind is. You know, I've told this story before. I think it is um, Exodus 13. Maybe the media team can help me because uh, this teaching, they carry me where I don't know. If the media team can help me find a place where the Bible says he didn't lead them the way of the Philistines, even if it was near. He led them through the wilderness, lest they see war and return. Oh my God. Listen, listen to me. Everybody, are you listening to me? I've said this before, I'm saying it again. Sometimes, our mind is responsible for the delay that we are seeing in our lives. 
There are some things that God has in store for us that we are not mentally prepared for. Especially in this generation, we want soft life, but we don't want to go through the process. We just want to be able to <coughs> upload things on the internet and tell others that we have arrived also. We also have arrived. A generation that is not used to war, not used to battles. And so God said, when Pharaoh had let them go, God did not lead them the way of the Philistines, although it was near. He said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and turn the way of Egypt. Listen, listen. Are you with me? This is what is going to blow your mind. The journey to the promised land could have taken them 35 days. How many days? But it took them 40 years. How many years? You, you, don't, you don't really understand. Listen, you know, I taught on this before, but somehow by providence, God made like a sermon pop up and I just listened to it and Pastor Miles Moreau of Blessed Memory taught on the same thing. But you know all these big pastors, they teach with personal experience. They say that, he said, I remember the time I went to Egypt. I said, oh, calm down, sir. And he said, as they took off in the air, from the air, they could see Egypt and Israel at the same time. And he was confused. So when he got down, he asked his tour guide, how far is it? In fact, he said, if you are going by a vehicle, it doesn't take long at all. But on foot, 35 days. 35 days. And like I said before, I'm saying again, some of us are rebuking delay. Meanwhile, what we need to do is to change our mind. Because our mind has literally become a stumbling block for what God wants to do in our lives. Lest they see war and repent and return to Egypt. In the wilderness, you know, when you read about manna, I don't know if you understand the gravity of that miracle. Do you know what it means? That you don't walk for 40 years. When it's time to eat, bread will fall from the sky. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Bread will fall from where? Every day. Every day. And that didn't change their mind. You know what I've discovered in my short, um, <laughs> in my short experience as a pastor and as someone who performs miracles? Miracles don't change minds. So. They can do it temporarily. Only the word of God can change a mind. You know, a man of God was ministering in a crusade. And the Muslim 
woman brought her daughter who had been on a wheelchair all her life. And in the crusade, the daughter got up and started walking. The woman said, wow, I recognize God is here, but I remain a Muslim. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or oh, let me say this, miracles don't always. If you see any great church, they grow on the word. They grow on the word. That's what grows churches, the word. If it's just miracles, you, you are a hospital, and people don't stay in hospitals. They come only when they are sick. When they are fine, what do they do? If you doubt, read about the Jews. Which miracle, which miracle did they not see? Which, do you know what it means to be sick? And all you have to do is to come out and look at a rod. There's a brazen serpent. And then an open wound would dry up and disappear. <laughs> you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Are you aware that it was the same clothes they took out of Egypt that they wore for 40 years? It did not grow old. It did not, it, it didn't experience wear and tear. And this is the, this is the mind-blowing part. As they grew, the clothes expanded. So the children... As the children were growing, in 40 years, the cloth was growing with them. The sandals were, were growing too. And these people were living and breathing miracles. Sing, God. They created a golden calf. <laughs> and that's not the annoying part. It is what they said. They said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. God, they try you. God, they really try. <laughs> that was the part that God got. God said, Moses, shift. 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 Let me, just one thunder. I don't have to use my power. Let me just use Lebradu. I just playing. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> Moses start again. Marry and give birth. I will start another lineage. Hallelujah. Please, are you learning anything? Listen. Imagine you see prophetically God's calendar for your life. Can you say confidently that what you are doing now is what you ought to be doing? God has a prophetic calendar. What you are doing now, is it what you ought to be doing? And I'm telling you that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that God has determined to achieve some things through your life. 
you can self-sabotage that plan by doubt, by fear, by second guessing. Ah, my God. I want to teach you something. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Immediately, put up the scripture as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I, I, but I, I want to say, say something. First and foremost, I was a good student in, in secondary school, but I can't remember. There is something they talk about in economics. How that even if you earn twice as much as you earn currently, your spending habits will change, and you still won't be able to save as much if you don't have a savings culture. What's that thing called? Hey. Eh? It is a brilliant church. Anyway, <clears throat> my point is, the same thing happens for success. I have a formula for success. Ah, are you ready? Now, let's assume that all human beings can only jump one meter, no matter how they try. All human beings. But now, sorry to put you through this, jump as high as you can. Wow, that was quite a jump, you know. <laughs> well done. But now, climb this platform and jump. No, 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 no. <laughs> jump on the platform. Jump on the platform. Someone saying, ah, if I call you here now, you will freeze. Do it again, please. Now, is it the same jump or not? But different platform. Thank you. Thank you very much. Calm down. Listen, let me tell you something. Oh, my God. I don't really know how to explain this, but this is the secret of my life. The reason why you see someone do something that you were born to do, and you're wondering, God, can you ever use me like this? Is because you are seeing it from where you stand. But if your platform continues to change, your ceiling will change. Where the person is might be too far. But if you take the next step, which is just a step higher. Imagine you're climbing up a stairs. The next step is not so difficult. It's not insurmountable. But your jump will be higher. If you take the next step, your jump will be higher. Until you get to a point. Listen, listen, listen. If you never faced, I've said this a million times, I'll say it a billion times more. If you've never faced a lion and a bear, if your first challenge is Goliath, you will not be prepared. But it was your destiny to defeat Goliath. You just were not prepared. So every time fear and doubt hinders you from taking the smaller steps, you might be throwing away a bigger future. But sometimes... We only see what is before our feet. So we don't see the long-term implications of the small decisions we don't take. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I'm saying. You know, you know this popular saying, if you give someone an inch, they will take a mile. Positive side to it. Every time you stretch, it increases what you can stretch for. 
Check it very well. When you were adulting, when your adulting started, it seemed like getting your own house was impossible. But when you stretched and you got that house, it was easier to say, you know what? Next, I want a two-bedroom. Isn't that true? And when you got the two-bedroom, it was easier for you to say, next, I want a car. That's how the mind works. But guess what? If you never took that first step, you'll be shocked at how stagnant you would have been. And the, this is the sad thing. You won't even know. You won't even know what has passed you by. Because the mind is elastic. Ugh. I said the mind is elastic. That step before you, if you just, you see, it looks like you will die. It looks like your life will end. Let me tell you something. And here's, never forget this. Even if you take that step and fail, you are still better. Because, ah, my God. People are defined by their challenges. The challenges they faced. The things they've overcome. Even if you failed. Even if you failed, you will never be the same again. The fact that you have tried it before. Even if you failed. You know, when I'm walking out. There is a principle even in walking out. Whatever used to be very difficult for you yesterday, if you carry a particular weight and your muscle can be built by it, after a while, that weight will not be able to build your muscle again. You have to go higher. You have to go higher. It's a principle in life. So if you stay at the same level, you'll be surprised. Your body is not changing anymore. You're not seeing any growth. The same thing that was blessing you before. Now you're not changing. You're wondering. You must go higher. And when you go higher, it's difficult. And my coach will always tell me, even if it is one rep, <laughs> you are not the same again. Even if it is one rep, carry it. Just go. Do it. Let me tell you, it is a very dangerous thing in life for a young person not to be doing anything challenging. It is a very dangerous thing. There must be something keeping you up at night, right now, right now. There must be a goal, a dream, an ambition keeping you up at night. I know before your goal was just to have food on the table. Now you've gotten a, a good job. You are satisfied. You are not pushing yourself anymore. Eh, eh. And you know, for many people, that's how temptation will start. You don't have any responsibilities. You are not paying school fees. You are not helping people. You are piling money in your account. Like David, your mates went to battle, but you are a big boy now. No need to, I mean, I've passed the level of facing Goliath. That's why you come to your balcony and be seeing what you're not supposed to see. It's idleness. Some of you are too idle, too comfortable. Watch your man of God. I'm always up to something. Always. Come on, are you with me? 
Because the goal is not to be successful. The goal is to live a life of purpose. And because the goal is to live a life of purpose, we have no finish line until we see Jesus. Did you hear what I said? We have no finish line until we see Jesus. We, this is a different type of goal setting. A man of purpose has no finish line until he sees Jesus. Paul says, forgetting the things that are past. Reaching forth for the things that are before. I press on. I exert myself. Meaning I always want to improve. I always want to learn something new. Haven't you seen many people, they rise and they play too. Why? Because they stop challenging themselves. They stop. They stop. Never lose the wonder. Never lose the curiosity. Never. Never take things for granted. Even the things that are working in your life now. Don't take it for granted. Come on, are you with me? Never take it for granted. I know you are good. Keep improving. I know you are doing okay. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep. There is always something to improve. Do you know till now, when I preach, I ask for feedback. So how was it? Was it clear? Did I? Uh, now, many times the people I'm asking are my students. Who, but some people, you know, you get to a level, nobody can tell you the truth again. Ah, Papa, <laughs> your, your decline has started. As a man thinketh in his heart. What does the Bible say? Oh my God. What does the Bible say? That means if I want to change my life, it begins here. I just need to change the way I think. This is how purpose influences your life. Um, my life is not meaningless. There is a God to whom I must give account. My life is not meaningless. So there is a way I must live my life. There is a way I must curate the decisions of my life. I curate every decision with intent, with purpose. Because I have a purpose, I must be purposeful in the way I go about my life. And when you do that, I'm telling you the quality of your choices will change. And when you do that, the quality of your life will change. Let me tell you the thing about purpose. Purpose is not about success. Purpose is about accountability. Oh, Jesus. The reason why the story of Joseph is popular is because he became prime minister. And people still miss the point. If you don't know that Joseph will still have been Joseph if he never became prime minister, I have missed the point. That he was having... A good life, at least to his estimation, for a slave to have the privileges he had in Potiphar's house, that was huge. And he was willing to throw it away to keep his integrity. Joseph lived before the law existed. In Joseph's day, 
God had not yet written on a tablet of stone saying, thou shalt not convert another man's property. He just knew, this man has been good to me. I shouldn't do this to him. Are you listening to me? It wasn't about law. It was about love. It was about purpose. It's wrong. This man has given me everything. Is it now this? Have you seen people who don't know how to think that way? You can show them all the love and all the privileges. And they will still... The fact that you have a sense of accountability. He said, how can I do this wicked thing? And see, not against Potiphar, but against God. This is how purpose preserves us. A sense of accountability. After all that God has brought me through. All that he has saved me from. And I'll start living anyhow. Some of you, when God blesses you and you rise, the, the blessings that God gave you, you use it to spite him. We no longer see you in church. And you use that blessing to oppress other people. The people you are meant to be helping. Let me tell you something. If you cannot look around and without thinking, you can't point to people that are better because of you. You are not living right. It might not be much. There are people whose school fees is 10,000. Are you aware? You can pay that one. You can pay that one. Purpose pushes you to be able to embrace risks. Let me tell you something. A man who has no purpose, has no business risking his life for anything. No? Look at everyone's trajectory. A child is, bought, is, is born without cares, without worries. I have a very, very, very powerful memory of my childhood. When I was six, I can describe what my father's bedroom looked like when I was six. I, I mean, details, what the ceiling fan looked like, what the table looked like, some things that were in the table. I don't know why I'm like that, but I'm like that. So I remember a conversation I had with my mom. I think I was about six. And I was just telling her things I was going to buy for her. You know, and I'd been making all those promises before. But now she felt, I'm no more a child now. <laughs> so I remember that day, we were on the bed, lying be beside just the windows. I remember like it's today. Well, not like it's today, but clear enough. And I said, I will buy you a helicopter. And she was quiet. She didn't say you can't do it, but her response... It was so powerful that I remember till date. Because that response left me with the feeling that, huh, it may not be realistic. At least many people think it's realistic a goal to say you can buy a helicopter. <laughs> Listen, my mom really tried, you know, in a lot of things, but that one I remember. <laughs> so if I was not careful, it was going to become a mental model. I can't buy a helicopter. Do you know, that's what happens to many people. When you are young, you are free. You can dream. 
But then, as life begins to happen, you begin to set expectations in a realistic way. Come on, you know what I'm saying. You begin to set expectations. In fact, when we were young, we were trusting. If you see a child sleep, you know he has, he has no care. He, he does not pay school fees. He just... <laughs> but when life begins to happen, I was in primary one. I had this nice wristwatch. I don't know if you know this toy wristwatch that, that um, the face of the watch was covered. You only see like a cartoon character, but then you press a button and it pops up. So I was like one of the first to have it in my school and it was really fresh. So I brought it and I was very happy. I showed my best friend who was sitting in the locker beside me. I even let him play with it. You know, so at some point, he just said, where is your wristwatch? And I checked and I couldn't find it. So I checked, checked. So I now said, oh, no, I have to tell the teacher. She said, he said no, 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 don't tell her. Maybe it's somewhere you'll find it when you get him. I, I don't know why I just had a push. And he kept saying, no, don't tell her. So I told her. And she just checked my best friend now. She said, ah, this is the wristwatch. I remember how I felt. Some of you know what I'm saying. You have defining moments in life where you just realize, ah, people are wicked. <laughs> you just realize people are... So, you, if you check your history, you can point to certain incidences that changed your life. That, ah, I've been naive. And if you are not careful, for some of you, it's even more devastating incidences. Maybe you were robbed. Do you know what it means to overcome the trauma of robbery? <laughs> you know, when the Lord, you know, I have, a, I have a, a good, a, is it a good problem? A problem that God is delivering me from. I don't like to spend church money <laughs> for for anything. So I'm always looking for the cheapest options, you know. So when we're going to Abuja, for those of you who know Abuja very well, of all the places in the whole of Abuja, we picked a house in Pape because that's where we could get a cheap house. And for those of you who know, a house is robbed every day in Pape. Every day. Um, so I wanted a cheap house, but a big house. So, Papi, <laughs> and it's a long story. One day, robbers came. I knew robbers were coming. See, let me tell you the truth. Sometimes, this thing is a no-brainer. You are in a village, and then there's a mansion <laughs> surrounded by bush. It's only a mansion, you know. <laughs> so, you know, but... I was determined to save money because even that time it was argument. How are we spending this much on house rent? And so is a passion, you know. I'm better now. <laughs> After that incident, oh my God. When you talk about mind renewal, I had to practice what I preach. Because the children upstairs will be playing, their toy will fall down. And my heart, I will have palpitation. Like, is it the door opening again? 
It took a while. I didn't even realize how bad it was. I didn't realize I wasn't sleeping well. My eyes would just be open. I was praying more because, I mean, if, you are, if your eyes are open, you're just praying. <laughs> now, the truth is this. If you realize what life is, the logical thing is for you to lock yourself just go out, buy food, stay inside. Why do you still keep going out? Some of you is hunger. You must have a better reason for going out. And that's purpose. Purpose makes you embrace risk. Did you hear what I said? Purpose makes you embrace risk. When you are purposeful, you understand risk is okay. That's what Paul was trying to describe in Romans 8. When he said, neither life nor death. In fact, he said, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Meaning, we are ready to die. There must be some things in your life worth dying for. Some people in your life worth dying for. Otherwise, your life is fickle. Your life is empty. Come on, are you with me? If you're always looking for where to run to, your life is fickle. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. As a man thinketh in his heart, if you change your thoughts, you will change your life. I'm telling you this. I want to give you a divine assignment. Even if you fail, it's okay. I dare you to fail. Just fail purposefully. Do you understand what I'm saying? Phil, listen, the fact that you are a tongue-speaking believer does not mean you won't invest and it, will, it won't crash once in a while. It will crash. The fact that you dug a well and it was seized does not mean you are not in the will of God. Though. It doesn't mean you are not in the will of God because some of you are wondering, why did the business fail? And you know, the mistake many of you make is when you were younger, you were more entrepreneurial. Just now, you're... <laughs> Some of you don't want to hear investment again. In, in, no. But that's the thing. You will remain small. You need to learn to take calculated risks. But go again. Are you listening to me? You must... Go. In the direction of purpose... Always keep making progress. Always keep... At every point in my life, I can tell you what I'm improving. I'm telling you. No matter how many people are clapping for me, I know the things I'm supposed to improve. I know the things I'm working on. I'm working. I'm working. Always keep improving. Always keep what? Always keep what? Always keep what? Ah, because as a man thinks in his heart, oh my God. You know, someone told the story and it struck me to my being. This tower of Babel we read about in the Bible, are you aware it was never built? It was never built. The people just decided to build it. 
But that decision was so strong. The Bible says God came down to see what they had built. It had happened in their mind already. So there was a structure for God to behold in the realm of the spirits. He came down to see. Are you listening to me? What is this that these people have done? Because nothing can hinder them from the purpose of their mind. It was already done. Already done. If you ask me, I'm telling you, and I'm not bragging. That's how my mind works. If I lock my focus like this, I will do it. I will do it. I don't know how to turn back. <laughs> I don't know how to turn back. I don't know how to turn back. I don't know how to turn back. Purpose makes you embrace risks. Purpose makes you tenacious. Ah, ah. This, your, the, how can you be complaining about the same things every year? Same prayer points. One of the first things you can learn from God in the, in the first page of the Bible that the earth was without form and void and he did something about it. He did something about it. Are you aware you can do that about your life? You can look at your life. Assess it. First, it starts with honesty. Don't hype yourself. Say, this life is without form and void. This, I am doing rubbish. I have no direction. Don't, you are not a person of faith by denying your current reality, your facts. You look at your career, null and void. Yeah, this, this is not a career. You know, a lot of people struggle with that. Watch talent shows. Some people are so confident in their rubbish. They will come and do rubbish. The whole nation is laughing and they are wondering why. That why. Ah, I sang well. They think the judges are haters. It's a first level to be able to say, ah, I'm doing rubbish. I'm doing, this is rubbish. It's, it's, it's a sign in the right direction for you to look at your life and say, I'm not heading anywhere the way I'm going. <laughs> I'm not heading anywhere. And then begin to correct. Let there be light. Let there be firmaments. Let there be dry land. Let them, meaning I begin to arrange my priorities. I begin to arrange my life. I begin to arrange, I begin to direct my focus. Let there be, let there be. And all the joy of correcting something and looking back and saying, ah, and it was good. That joy of saying, I corrected this. Oh, this was a challenge yesterday. It's no more a challenge. I've gone past this. Yesterday, there are some things you say to me, I will lose my sleep, but not anymore. Not any, I've worked on that. Yesterday, you could discourage me easily by just some silly tweets, but not anymore. <laughs> Arranging your life by the power of God, by creative power, confidence in purpose. I press on to the mark for the price of the high calling of God. So it is God's expectation you are walking towards. Not, what is it called? Not the minimum wage in your country. Not what is being done in your village. Because it's possible for everybody to think you are doing well and you're, doing, you're not doing well. 
Because they judge based on what others are doing, not against God's plan for your life. It says, I press on to the high calling of God. What are God's expectations for your life? Based on the gifts he has given you, the opportunities and the privileges he has given you, you probably should be doing better. Because we will never settle for less. We know there's more that's found in you. We will never. Because we know. If that's true about you, sing with conviction. We. For we know, there's more that's found in you. Lift your hands where you are. Say, we will prophesy this over your life. Make it a determination. Because the path of the just is a shining light. We listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.